Welcome to today's episode of the Normalized Surrogacy Podcast by Surrogacy Mentor. I'm your host, Carrie Flamer-Powell, experienced gestational surrogate, surrogacy agency founder, and owner of Surrogacy Mentor and Modern Parent Mentor, where our aim is a safe, ethical, and enjoyable surrogacy journey for all. Today, I am joined by our very special guest, author Adele Griffin. Welcome, Adele. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. So happy to be with you as well. And um, so excited to talk about your new book. And um, the fact that it's about surrogacy is just really cool. So let me give a little bit of a bio on you. So Adele Griffin is a New Yorker who enjoys living in Los Angeles with her two boys, husband and mom down the street, even if it never snows in Los Angeles. She's the author of over 30 books across a variety of genres, including Sons of Liberty and Where I Want to Be, both National Book Award finalists. She loves dog videos, bakery cakes, and vintage everything. So again, welcome. And we are here to talk about a lot of things, actually, but specifically your newest book, which is called The Favor. So let's talk about the backstory behind The Favor, which is just in very general terms about surrogacy, a surrogacy journey, right? Yes, that's right. Um, well, the the idea came from because we learn, we learn early on that uh, Nora, the main character in my story, and her husband have been trying to conceive a child for several years, and it's been a big strain on their marriage. And so I decided to center the book on fertility challenges and how it can affect women's lives because my husband and I also struggled with the same challenges of infertility. And we ended up being very fortunate in that ultimately we got to have our two boys through uh, surrogacy, Mm -hmm. Um, not with any of the big drama of what's in the favor, but I knew one day I did want to write about some of this and I knew I could connect with the emotional heart of the story and that I'd find the core feelings through my own lived experience. Mm -hmm. But for a lot of years, I also knew I wasn't ready to write this story, no matter what kind of plot I'd configured, it really felt pretty intensely personal and it touched on things that I just wasn't sure if I was ready to share. Yeah, absolutely. So do you mind me asking how old are your children? My children are 11 and 16. So there were a lot of years between my, you know, our fertility struggle and then actually just having my boys and being a mom and packing lunches and Mm -hmm. signing up for soccer camps and doing all the mom things that I had dreamed of for so many years. Yeah, absolutely. I have an 11 year old as well. So, and so 16 year old. So you did surrogacy back when it was still not new, but newish. And so, um, so tell me a little bit about if you don't mind sharing um, your personal surrogacy journey and what that was like for you. Sure, of course. Well, we did have a long path. We want we thought you know, as these stories go, that we would be able to conceive naturally. And then, you know, ultimately, my the diagnosis was possible uh, autoimmunity slash unexplained 
infertility. And when, when we were going through it, I really did feel so much stigmatization just around even talking about next steps into surrogacy. And I think though we'd done, we'd done so much, we'd done, you know, IUIs and IVFs and surgeries and procedures. I felt very shy um, around conversations. It just wasn't a conversation that I felt I could have even with my closest friends um, or family. It was very limited. And I also felt strange about saying, you know, my body feels like it's, it's, it's giving up that, you know, that that was hard personally. And it was also very hard in the in the world. And I felt very shy to also say that we had the means to do it. And mm-hmm. also that we were going to put all of our money, all of our savings toward toward this. I just felt so much awareness, whether this was true or not, about other conversationings happening with other people about something that felt very, very private. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense, especially 16, 17, however many years ago that was. I mean, well, if your child's 16, this was longer than that ago, right? Yeah, so that was 2000, 2000. Yeah, that was a long time ago if you're talking about surrogacy world. Yeah, to be having yes. those conversations. Yes, yes. And um, so go ahead. Sorry. No, so um, so in in uh, many ways, when I thought I'm going to return to to all of this, and having put all that time between that experience and my oldest child, who was also um, he was born he was born very prematurely and born in a NICU, um, I thought, you know what, I I really want to write a book about about family. So we get to know the family in the book, Nora and Jacob and their little dog, and then meeting their families of origin and then meeting Evelyn and her family and and Nora's work family and the NICU family. Family just felt like a very fertile ground for fiction. And and then also, you know, in Nora's work family, there is her best friend, Frankie, who's a gay man, and he becomes a father via surrogacy. And I guess I just thought, you know, we really connected and felt very bonded to lots of these different communities. And I knew that was a good place for me to start when I was thinking about, um, you know, even when our original plan had really off-roaded for us and yet there was, there were so many people who showed up for us first and foremost being our surrogate. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so I assume that you, um, and I want to talk about the book here in a second for sure and the story, um, but just staying on your personal journey for a second, I assume that you did gestational surrogacy, right? Um, So you had a gestational surrogate and um, are you still in touch with your surrogate and is she aware of the book? Yes, I'm in touch with both my surrogates through Facebook, um, more so when the kids were little. Yes, and they are both aware of the book, and I thank them in my in my acknowledgments. And mm-hmm. I really feel like, you know, there was different relationships and different outcomes. Of course, when you have a premature uh, baby, that is a different kind of drama in in your life. But you know, the, the this story, the favor, is really a heartwarming and uplifting story because I felt that 
there was so much to say about this wonderful relationship of women stepping forward for other women in times of what was a time of tremendous vulnerability, you know, in, in, especially in my first surrogacy relationship, my surrogate sort of really inherits our, she inherited our infertility story. You know, she inherited, she, she was dealing with two people who had been through six years of lots of disappointments and lots of failure and lots of despair. And she was walking into this relationship and, and dealing, you know, and I think that there is, was something so restorative and repairing about, and she was, she was a gestational surrogate donor eggs. Mm -hmm. And so there was also, you know, an added measure of, of, of that, because Mm -hmm. we had, that is also a path. Mm -hmm. And I felt like, wow, there was just so much that I was grappling with that I didn't even realize that I was sort of putting all my hope all my fear, all my superstition, all my worry into this one human relationship. And I thought, you know, coming through it and looking back on it, I really wanted to add a a story that I feel is a very positive surrogacy story to, like, there's room for all the stories, of course, around surrogacy, but there are a lot of them that uh, deal with, I think, more of the dramatic, um, binary, you know, the, the obvious dichotomy of will she, you know, the thriller or the crime thriller, will she run away with a baby? And I I felt like, well, I have a story to tell too. And that's, that was just not my experience. And, and in fact, it's a very, it was a very different experience both times. Right. And I'm glad you brought that up about the crime thriller, because that seems to be the way that a lot of surrogacy fiction stories and movies and books go to and it's not the way that surrogacy really happens in real life and so it's nice to hear a story that didn't go that direction so um, let's talk about the book so I was sent a copy of the book ahead of time and failed to finish it I am so sad to report however (laughs) I did start it and I loved what I read Um, And I read a lot of the reviews online about it. So I'm excited to finish it. But why don't you tell us about what the book's about? Let's introduce us to the characters. And I have a couple of questions for you about some of the the, um, plot that you chose. Sure, that sounds great. Uh, Well, in terms of what is The Favor about, The Favor tells the story of Nora Hammond, a woman who by day loves working at this beautiful vintage clothes store that I named I'll Have Seconds in New York City. And then at home, uh, Nora is dealing with harder things. She's dealing with a mountain of unpaid debt due to fertility treatments while she and her husband, Jacob, aren't any closer to having a family. And their very last embryo is frozen. And they are kind of in a place where they can't decide what to do next. They're sort of in a paralysis. And then one day, Evelyn Elliott, who is this very extroverted socialite, walks into the shop and Evelyn is bursting with fun and money. And she immediately bonds with Nora because she buys out the shop. And soon Nora is kind of living in some ways her best life with Eleanor, uh, with Evelyn, 
who I had named her Eleanor, then I named her Evelyn. And um, and Evelyn gets her to do sort of personal assistant things. So there's sort of a power imbalance. Um, Nora is always trying to figure out kind of the right way into an authentic friendship with Evelyn, who's extremely altruistic. But then this job of a friend gets more complicated when big hearted, exuberant Evelyn offers to carry a baby for Nora. And this is the favor that gets to be a very complicated roller coaster. Got it. Okay. So that's the plot twist that was interesting to me as a surrogate, someone who has been a surrogate personally and, you know, who's had a surrogacy agency and who works in surrogacy. So um, tell me why, if there was intention behind this, why did you choose to have the character who's the socialite who has all this money? Um have her be the surrogate and have the person who's in debt and who's really struggling financially be the person who is the intended mother? Well, that's a good question. And as somebody who worked through, you know, with surrogate agencies, and of course, you know, we had all of that in place with a contract. And that was, you know, a very, I, I guess I would say a very professional path. Um, when I went back into how can I make this a fiction, what is the, where is the, where is the delight of this story that also connects a through thread to a place where I can write through my authentic experience as an intended parent, um, this idea of you know, what if Paris Hilton were your sur surrogate? What if Kate Middleton were your surrogate? This idea, I really fell in love with that very light souffle of an idea. I thought it would be intriguing because I think a conversation around infertility is difficult. And I wanted, I knew that I, I knew that I would understand it, but at the same time, I didn't want to therapize it. I didn't want to tell my story. And, um, but to loop, Back to my personal experiences, I I remembered how I had always wanted to be the best part of my surrogate's day. I, I wanted to be the best phone call. I wanted to be the most positive uh, cheering section because in my personal experience, the, my surrogate was on was on a pedestal, really. It was such a big thing for me. And I wanted to to not present all my nervousness and my superstitions. And yet the value of what she was doing was so big. This, this precious cargo that she was carrying had so much value for me. And, um, and then my inability short of like moving into her home to really know what was happening in her day to day to day, but then not presenting myself as somebody who was trying to, you know, have have control or authority over her own, you know, siloed life was just a very, it was a very strange place to be. And also inadvertently bringing my vulnerabilities. I mean, she could always feel my vulnerabilities. She knew that I was a woman who would have preferred to have carried my own baby. She was so aware of that. And I think there was just this very delicate balance. And, you know, it just didn't feel all that far-fetched in terms of like the very careful curated relationship that you end up um, having with a surrogate. It felt, it, it felt very much that she was sort of way up here. And I was always sort of trying to make sure that I didn't, 
present in a neurotic or needy or problematic way for her because of so many reasons. And so, you know, when I was looking to find the fictionalized version of that, I thought you can change all the details, but I can always get to the heart of who Nora is by just going to that place for those phone calls and for that Nora is the narrator and is also the intended parent. Yeah, I love that. I think that's really cool. And I think it's a really unique perspective on the surrogacy experience. I love that. So that's neat. So tell me about, um, without giving any spoilers, and it's good that I probably didn't finish the book because I can't spoil it for anybody listening. (laughs) Um, But on the reviews that I read online, a lot of people mentioned that the heart of the story for them was about friendship and that they were struck by the warmth of the friendship between Nora and Evelyn. It's Evelyn, right? Yes, it's now Evelyn. Evelyn, yes. It was. (laughs) Okay. Nora and Evelyn. um, That it ultimately for them ended up being a book about friendship. And so for you, what is it ultimately a book about? Well, I like to think that The Favor is a conversation you know, and and through a very careful path into this bigger conversation around infertility. Mm-hmm. And of course, that speaks very personally to me because I felt at the time that we were going through it, I was just so unable to have conversations. And now I see such bigger networks um, and we've really come a long way in in 20 years, but it still feels pretty stigmatized to be honest, I'm still having conversations with people um, where it just feels like a secret and and something that, especially, I guess, around conversations around donor eggs and surrogacy, um, it's very hard conversations. So I feel like that is what I wanted the favor to deliver. I want it to deliver sort of... Um, what spoke to me in terms of the connections that I've made, the connections that I've made since as a person with a lot of this in my rear view. Um, It is about the thrill of new relationships. It's about the value of long old relationships. And I think it's about many unconventional paths to motherhood. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So what do your children think about this book? Well, I've always tried to model gratitude in terms of their birth stories. We're so grateful. And so that is the story that they've grown up with, that it took a village to have them. And the other day I heard one of my kids, my my actually my younger child, very, you know, very casually mentioning um, his birth story through donor egg and surrogacy. He was like, well, something about my genetics not being his genetics. And it was so casual, but I could also feel inside that story, just such normalizing and acceptance of the way that he um, is in this world. And I felt, I felt great about it because I thought that's exactly how I want them to feel that they were wanted and it, and that it was a a lot of people to make them. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yes. I relate to that a hundred percent. My daughter is sperm donor conceived and she's my egg, but my ex-wife's not her egg, obviously. Um, And we've always brought my daughter up with the knowledge that she's sperm donor conceived. And my daughter speaks of it just completely normal as if this is how families are created every day. She has, you know, 
she grew up with two moms, sperm donor conceived. One mom is a surrogate who is in the surrogacy industry. And so in her world, families are created in thousands of ways. And she just happens to have been created one of those ways, right? And I love that she thinks of the world that way. So I think it's amazing that we're in an age and a time where kids know these things. I agree. I and I love that I get to be I feel really lucky that to be part of this conversation and to um, have children this way. And I think it's so celebratory and so inclusive. And my kids now have friends and through, you know, with egg donor moms and sperm donor dads. And we've always felt huge kinship with the LGBTQ community because there was a time when, you know, that was like the path to parenthood was through surrogacy and you know, it's funny when you kind of bump off path of what you thought was going to be this expected traditional way, and we bumped into a whole other community. And I always feel, you know, if we're just sort of at a restaurant having tacos and we look like this, you know, quote unquote, ordinary family, I always want to raise my hand to anybody who would think that and say, well, actually, no, you know, <laughs> this is their half siblings and their donor egg and they were both surrogates. And it's all came about in a very non-traditional way. And I and I guess, you know, speaking up for that always feels important. And yet at the same time, my kids are just kids living their lives. <laughs> right. Right. Yep. Absolutely. I love that. Well, there's another little piece of your story, which is kind of exciting, which is that you might be turning the book into a TV show, right? Yes, the book's been licensed for a limited series television. And so I am knocking all the wood because I think it would be, you know, set set in lower Manhattan in a vintage store. And I love vintage and the story feels so personal. And I've already you know, mentally cast it a hundred different times, but I would love to see that become a reality. I think that would be a really cool, exciting next thing to happen for this book. That would be cool. It would be cool in the sense also for surrogacy to have hopefully a positive spin out there in media that's not sensationalized and crime thriller-ish, right? Um, where someone doesn't steal a baby and, you know, hold it for ransom or whatever, you know, else is right. out there. Like we so. saw a lot of Handmaid's Tale. We yeah. <laughs> yeah. We don't need any more of that. So that's really cool. Congratulations. That's really Thank neat. You. Thank Good. you. Well, so how can people find your book? Well, it's available uh, through all the traditional um networks it's it's at barnes and noble it's at your local indie you could get it at amazon mm -hmm. um i have links on my website awesome. adelgriffin.com yes adelgriffin.com and everything will be linked um on this podcast as well so great well it's so wonderful to finally have connected with you and spoken with you about this and it's great to have another positive story out there about surrogacy. So thanks for taking the time. We appreciate it. Thank you so much for inviting me. This was a pleasure. Absolutely. Thank you. And that brings us to the end of this episode of the Normalized Surrogacy Podcast by Surrogacy Mentor. Again, I'm your host, Carrie Flamer-Powell. I want to again thank Adele Griffin for joining me for this podcast today. Be sure to check us out online at surrogacymentor.com or modernparentmentor.com. If you'd like to know whether surrogacy is right for you, take our easy two-minute quiz on our website. 
don't forget to subscribe to this podcast to learn more about gestational surrogacy and how to have a safe, ethical, and enjoyable surrogacy journey. Talk to you next time.